The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Good morning, Lloyd. We're really happy to bring Lee J. Berman on the show this morning. He's a fabulous mediator. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Lee J. Berman began as a full-time mediator 26 years ago, and he has successfully mediated over 2,500 matters. He's an American Arbitration Master Mediator for Employment Matters and a national panelist for their commercial and construction panels. He's a distinguished fellow with the International Academy of Mediators. He is also a chartered diplomat with the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. And he is certified by the International Mediation Institute. He is also a dispute resolution expert with the United Nations. The California Daily Journal, which is the legal newspaper for the state of California, has twice named him top neutral. There's so much more I could say about him, but he is a respected leader and trainer in the field of mediation. He founded the American Institute of Mediation after seven years as the director of Pepperdine Law School's Mediating the Litigated Case. He's trained mediators, judges, attorneys, business leaders across the country, in the Middle East, India, New Zealand, Australia, and throughout Europe. And he has two books coming out this coming year with the American Bar Association dealing with mediation and conflict resolution. So we're just thrilled to have him join us this morning. Thank you for coming on the show, Lee J. You know, it's it's funny, Mari. I First of all, thank you for that awfully kind introduction and everything. I always thought that I first got into mediation because I was good with conflict. I was, um, I was comfortable in the middle of it. I would step into it naturally. What I really learned as I started doing this for a couple of years is I hate conflict. I absolutely <laughs> despise it. And it, I mean, it makes me want to just like put a pillow over my head and, and hide from it sometimes. But what I've learned is that I, I've got a skill set that helps me extinguish it and make it go away. And that's what I like about this profession. That's what drew me to it. It's what keeps me in it. But I learned it's, it's, it's really how much I dislike it that made me say, I want to do that for a living. Exactly. You know, I grew up and my parents worked together for like 50 years. And you can imagine when you when you sleep together and you eat together and you work yes. together, there was a lot of conflict. So I That's was the baby. Mom did that too. 
We have that in common. <laughs> yeah, so when I was a baby, I was always being the little mediator. Go love up daddy. Go love up mommy. And I realized that as I got into it, too, is that I became a lawyer because in those years, I, I thought, oh, that that's a neat thing to do, to go and study and research cases and argue for the betterment of the world. But then I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to be the, you know, I wanted to be the mediator, the, the solutioner, so to speak. So that's, so we do have that in common. That's right. That's that's that is. Yeah. You know, Lee J, we have been through so much in this past year with the pandemic, which caused a lot of conflict, whether people wanted to wear a mask or not. And, and yeah. of course, with politics, whether you're Republican or Democrat or whatever, we've had so much conflict. How can we, you know, deal with that now, hopefully, as we're moving ahead? How can we kind of create some harmony? Namari, I think you're right. I think we're more polarized than I can ever remember us. Uh, I'm sure they would have said that through the decades and the centuries. But but this is this we've gotten really bad. And I think what's happened, I, the cause of it, I think, in part, is that we have a lot of folks who benefit by us all being in conflict. And I think the first thing that we can do about it is be mindful of that, that they're trying to draw eyeballs to their websites and their newscasts and their newspapers and whatever, because the more conflict there is, the more advertising that they can sell and things like that. So I think first we have to be mindful that we're kind of pawns in that game to some extent. And the more polarized we are shouting at each other and not listening, the more I think we feed into that game. But that's the second point is I think we could all do such better jobs at listening listening not just to formulate our response and our our answer back and all of that but really trying to understand the other person i, I find that if i listen to the very very end it's always that last half of a sentence where somebody really gives me the nugget the thing that they didn't mean to say but it just comes out or i didn't realize i was going to tell you that kind of a thing so if we can be not just patient but really attuned I think we can learn so much more about the other person, which in turn will help us be more persuasive if that's what we're trying to be. Right. And I, I love what you were saying about really, you know, kind of really make yourself listen, be there instead of thinking about what you're going to answer or right. trying to come back at something. But, you know, like you said, listen to the very end and you might get that nugget. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true that so many of us, really don't listen, you know, and I think even listening with our heart instead of our head helps as well to try and have that empathy. We don't have to agree, but just to have that empathy really helps. I completely agree. I completely agree. The, the idea that we actually care about the other human being or even just a part of who they are, uh, finding some kernel of goodness in them helps us have the interest in what they're saying rather than just, like you said, shouting back. Right. So for those people who are listening that aren't mediators um, and, and knowing it's hard, like, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these holidays getting together, um, what kind of advice do you have? Maybe some of our mediation tools that we can share. Listening obviously is number one, no question. 
But Absolutely. what are some other tools that people can use, you know, for Christmas, for example, when they're yes. getting together, even on Zoom with their family? So the first thing that I think even comes before listening is recognizing that the relationship with the person that you're having the conversation with is more important than the content of the conversation. We are really caught up with content and we'll go to battle over being right about the content or telling them that's not what I heard on the news or whatever. And we do that at the expense of a relationship. So we've got to constantly remind ourselves these relationships, the family that were around during the holidays, they matter and we want to put them first. Then what that does, I think, is help us to listen better and to try and really understand where they're coming from and and why they think what they think, which leads to the next point, which I think is asking questions. We, I think, get caught in a habit of advocacy. We're constantly just advancing something forward with um, simple declarative sentences or complex sentences, but so infrequently do we ever ask questions and say, Help me understand that better or tell me more about that or and what do you think will happen next if that happens, you know, but just showing an interest and wanting to learn more, it actually empowers us. But I think some people think there's there's an old Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where he's talking to his stuffed doll and he gets more sentences out before the end of the, of the comic strip than, than the doll does. And the doll makes a really good point at the end. And Calvin says, okay, you win that point, but I still got more words in. <laughs> and I think sometimes we do that over Thanksgiving dinners and, and, you know, holiday dinners and the like, I think we we're just wanting to, to, to out, flank out talk the other person out shout them out out reason them and that's all pushing information out rather than bringing it in and i love the i think it's a zen expression that says when you're talking you're simply repeating what you already know and when you're listening you're learning something you might not know and that makes you a fuller person I love that. I love it. Like when you started out, like, tell me more about that. You know, these are, see, they're the tricks of our trade, but really the open-ended questions, you know, because it's, it's hard when, you know, when you're talking to your teenagers or something like that, and you say, so, uh, you know, did you have a good day today? Yes. <laughs> it gets nowhere. <laughs> but if you say, oh, what happened? What happened today? You know, what's going on? Or yeah. why are you why are you thinking about that like that? You know, yeah. I really am yeah. interested. And I think those open-ended questions are, are wonderful. In fact, yeah. I just bought this um, thing, conversation starters that I thought would be fun for, for the holidays, you know, Great. for Christmas. And, and they're just like really interesting. Like, what was your favorite thing as a kid? You know, that sometimes when we get together with friends we don't ask those questions or what was a really silly thing that you did you know when you were in college or you know and I thought I I bought those because I don't often think of those myself when I'm in mediation I'll go tell me more about that or uh, you know help me understand or all these wonderful things but these I thought were especially great so I bought it you know for the holidays such a great idea I you know I think it would also be really fun and a candid exercise for each person watching this to think about those conversations they have with those family members they have difficulty with and if you or I were to pull them aside and say let me just quiz you 
Uh, you know the names of all their kids, right? And their wife's name. Do you know their siblings' names? Do you know what they really do for a living? Like what their job really entails? And like, if we just ask them some simple questions about the person, my guess is they don't know a lot of those things, but they sure know where they stand on politics or sports or right. you know, whatever it is that they're going to argue over. And so I, I think those conversation starters and diverting conversations to non-conflict topics it is the best way to build a bridge and build a relationship, which is the foundation later for talking politics. If you want to do right. that, so that respect right. understanding is established. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get beyond this politics. And I think the other thing is really the pandemic when people, I think, let's talk about what causes fear, at least as I see it. And I'm sure you do too, Lee J is that when people are in fear, that can lead to anger. You know, yeah. fear of loss, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have a partnership disagreement and immediately it's like, this is mine, yeah. you know, and, and so let's talk about some of the things that really cause conflict. Sure. So one of the things you hit on right there, anger isn't a, uh, isn't a primary emotion. Most people think it is because it's such a strong reaction in them, but it's not, it's a secondary emotion. Anger is there to cover up hurt or fear, like you said. So if somebody is afraid of something or feels insecure or intimidated by something, they're liable to be lashing out with anger just because of the fear. And if they're hurt, if you stepped on a nerve by mistake, or if their feelings are hurt or they feel unappreciated or something, they're gonna come back with anger a lot of the times. So when someone comes at you with anger, the smartest thing that you can do is say, what is it about them right now that's hurt or that's scared? And what if I could talk to them in a way that, that makes them less hurt or less scared? That's the best way to de-escalate that anger. You're getting behind it to the primary emotion, to what's really going on with them. The other thing is, is and I love uh, our, our friend and colleague Doug Knoll does this beautifully, is the affect labeling, which basically means saying what you're seeing in them. So you can look at them and go, wow, you're really upset. And have them say, yeah, I am because blah, 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 blah. And, and then you can say, what about that upsets you so much? And then they're going to say, well, I hear this from people at work all day, or my wife is always telling me the same thing or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And if you follow that with the third magical question, which is, but specifically, what about it bothers you so much? Then they're going to tell you about themselves. They're going to say, my mom always talked to me like that when I was a kid or, you know, something that's very personal to them. And now you're talking about them. You're not talking about the issue anymore. Uh, you know, whether it's COVID and masks or politics or, you know, whatever the flavor of the day is that we're all getting <laughs> over. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, really dangerous to be around a lot of conflict because unless you can put up your golden shields and do these kinds of questions it's very contagious isn't it it is it, it, it's hard not to get swept up in it and you know mediators like you and i mari we've had decades of experience in sitting back and and noticing what's going on in a room from an observer standpoint rather than a participant and we can say has everyone noticed that we've all gotten a little louder about this topic? Why do we think we're all so concerned about this topic or something like that as an observation 
Mm -hmm. You know, they they could still all turn and attack us for for saying something like that. But noticing an observation or shifting the subject or something because you have the, the, the separation from it, rather than being right in it where everyone's playing, yeah, but. It, it's it's our favorite game at the holidays. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? You know, and and as long yeah. as we're playing that, it it we're not actually engaging with each other. Yeah, and so that's such an important point to kind of separate it. You know, change the subject if you possibly can. Just say, hey, you know, we love each other. We're family. Let's let's let that go and talk about something else. Yeah. And let's and then bring up something happy like look at the dog look at the dog he just stole you know a piece of turkey <laughs> exactly. or, or something to divert you know and for us mediators sometimes if it gets real hot in the room I'll just say you know what this is time for just a little break let's go get some you know nuts and co- coffee and cookies or whatever it is let's just let's just take a break here and yes. come back and then when we come back. Let's start anew, you know, because yeah, it, we just have also, to take a break. It's a great place for humor, too, if, if it's appropriate humor. If, if you know, you're not making fun of somebody or something, but you could even just say, "Woo, it's getting a little hot in here. How about we get some cold drinks, you know, uh, and, and, and everybody might chuckle and have a moment of self-awareness from that because we don't always realize when we're getting caught up in all of that. Right. And for us, who's in the middle of conflict all the time, like you and I who hate it, but we're always there because we grew up doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think for me, and I don't know how you do it, but for me, sometimes they'll say something to me, you know, that's offensive. And um, so I have, I really work on like putting up like a, like a golden shield around me. Love so that. that I can just take a breath. If I feel like I'm starting to get sucked in to that <laughs> anger or that contagious conflict in the room, you know, which I, it, it can happen. We're human beings, right? At least for oh, yeah. me. Right. Um, maybe you're ahead of me in terms of you're an angel already. But, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I have to like just take some breaths and mm-hmm. just kind of talk to myself like, okay, you know. These people, this is not your issue. <laughs> this yeah. is their issue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter if they're they're like mad at me, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you talk to us about it before? It's like, okay, you know, if mm-hmm. I get defensive, I'm not going to get anywhere, right? That's right. Talk about that with, with people for the holidays. Um, you know, if someone gets offensive with them, what, what are some things that you would suggest? You can always sidestep it with a little bit of humor, like, oh, look at you trying to push my buttons. Let's not do that right now. Is that okay? You know, or gosh, you feel really strongly about this one. You know, it's not that important to me. I'll tell you what, you get to win this one, you know, and and just, you know, little things like that, 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 that make them aware of what they've been doing and hopefully ask them indirectly not to. Yeah. You know, you could just be a little bit more straight and say, you know, I know you're upset about this. I know it's important to you. And they may say, I'm not upset, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, then, then they'll hear that too. Right, right. But it's easier for me if we can have this conversation just at a normal talking speed and, and thought, like, can we just have a conversation about this? Because I really want to understand where you're coming from. And I, I think that I know some things that maybe, you know, aren't part of what you have experienced or whatever um let's just have a conversation about this because i'm curious and and those things disarm people 
uh, just like the phrase, help me understand, disarm yes. people, right? You're, you're, you're not coming to attack them if you're leading with, help me understand, because I really want to. And then tell them what it is you want to know more, ask them what it is you want to know more about. Yes, and that that engages them too. Into that takes them from their amygdala, you know, that that limbic system that's ready to fight or flee or yes. do whatever, um, back to their frontal lobes because you've asked them a question, so now they have to think from their logical mind. Well, help me understand, and then they want to teach you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful what they do. Let's like talk it. a little bit about you're married, and I'm married. So during this season, and and especially since people have been kind of cloistered during the pandemic, let's talk a little bit about what you and I both do with our spouses when things Ooh. get crazy. So um, I'll go first. Um, I, and there are times we, we had political differences, if you can imagine that. <laughs> so that was really rough and we decided that we wouldn't talk about that. So that was good. Um, so whenever there's something that I think his buttons get pushed um, or for me, because I'm a mediator, I, I walk it every day. So, you know, I guess my emotional intelligence in terms of having to practice all the time that I'm probably a little bit more experienced. So, but when I see his button gets pushed sometimes, let's say I do something, I do say something stupid, you know, um, that, that is offensive to him. Sometimes I'll say something and, and it appears that I'm nagging, which I'm really not, but let's say it does. So then I'll just go up to, if I see that he gets mad, I'll just go up and lean on him like my golden retriever does. When my golden retriever does something wrong, I'll just go and lean on him and say, ah, you know, let's not fight about this, you know, in a very slow and low tone of voice. And it seems to work magic. Yeah, <laughs> I've been with him 30 years, so I learned. But, but you know, it's normal, right, that we're human. So you've been married a little less time, right? So um, I'm not anymore. Oh, you're not? Oh, no, I, I, we, we split up about six years ago, I'm sorry hmm. to say. But, but interestingly, what you do instinctively with your husband is what I used to ask my ex-wife to do. I would say if we're having an argument and you're feeling you know, distant from me or you think that I'm upset and you don't want me to be or something, just come hug me. That will yeah. work. It will never be, you'll never be pushed away. I just, you know, if you, anything that grounds us together in a relationship right. reminds us what comes first, which is yes. us, it, it, it just makes everything else go away. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's, that's a really valuable tip. Yeah. And, and I was married before too. So I didn't do that the first marriage, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was married 18 years the first time and now I'm with like 30 years. So, you know, you learn, hopefully, you know, we live and learn hopefully instead of just live. And yeah. so, you know, all of us have to think about what is it that we want from each other? Just like yes. we're in mediation. What is it that you really want? Yeah. And, you know, Mari, there's something else I've got to tell you about relationships that, that I just I see it across the board. People give each they, we give ourselves permission to treat our spouses and those close to us, our kids, our parents and best friends sometimes in a way that we would never treat a stranger. Mm. We, we take that intimacy and that access 
and that closeness and we use it for evil sometimes and we 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 will lash out at them because sometimes it feels good your adrenaline's rushing and you know you just want to get it out and yell it because you've had a bad day or whatever and we you know go home and take it out on those loved ones and i think uh, one of the things that we all have to get better at doing is having that moment of self-awareness when you can feel the surge of the adrenaline and you feel the anger coming on that maybe has nothing to do with the discussion you're in the middle of with your spouse or your, your loved one in that moment, a teenager or whoever, um, <coughs> is to, to recognize it and to say, you know what? I just need a minute. Right. Give me a couple of minutes let me walk out of the room. Let me just take a little, you know, walk and get some fresh air or, or something. I'll get something to drink or something. And then let me come back and let's finish this discussion. Because you don't want to finish it the way you can start to feel it escalating. You want to finish it differently than it's about to start. And so having the moment of awareness to take that break and give yourself a bit of a time out and say, I'm about to be not my best self. And <laughs> want to be that especially if it's going to push somebody away who's close to me who i care about who i love um and i think it's that moment of self-awareness um the last thing is you know i was i was joking before about having the argument and saying okay you get to win this one it's more important to you one of my very very best friends in the world he and his fiance at the time used to fight and argue and bicker about everything, about who was right, how many, you know, they, they, they would argue over angels dancing on the head of a pin. They, they would argue over, you know, was that last car that passed us yellow or green? And they would like almost come to, to blows about it. You know, I just, I would sit in the back seat watching this happen as we're driving down the street. And I would just, how are these two ever going to get married? But they came up with this great thing that really helped them. And I think it would help a lot of people is literally saying time out yeah on a scale of one to ten how important is this for you and she would say it's a nine and he would say for me it's like a seven you get it whatever you want right. and put the relationship first and the importance of that issue um in the hands of, of who the decision matters the most to now if the same person is always claiming a higher number or if one says nine the other one says ten i win um <laughs> Too often, that's obviously not being genuine in the relationship. Right. But it's a great way of just saying, like like you said, let's not argue about this. That's kind of what that's saying too. And I think those are the moments of awareness that demonstrate to the partner my relationship with you is more important than this thing, whatever it is that we're that we're having this fight over. Yeah, I think you you hit it right on the head that we have to be aware and sometimes you know this is part of mindfulness really yes. being able to get in touch with those emotions because you're going to feel the emotion in your body before you open your mouth yes. you're either going to get the tight shoulders or the red face or for me it's my solar plexus i get this thing coming up or people with their hearts you know so i think it's really important to to have that I call it the, the, the pregnant pause, because if you're in a conversation and you can't leave, at least to just take a pause, be silent, breathe, breathe into that area, yeah. and then you'll get away from that 
that sure. you know get where you're ready to to kill somebody. But would you believe we are already out of time? Oh my gosh! Oh, wow, that went fast. <laughs> okay, we could go for hours and have fun with this. But oh, how beautiful! How beautiful! Thank you so much. What a my wonderful. pleasure, Mari. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank God there's people like us trying to find solutions and and stop the conflict, right? So if we can, I agree, and I, and I think we should hear by night everybody who's listening and watching this to to take that responsibility themselves too. Yeah. So give your website, and then it's time to go. Sure, it's easy. It's just mediationtools.com, all one word in plural, um, and it's being redesigned because it's it's a little outdated right now. But yeah, I'd love to, for people to email me if they want to at leej, L-E-E-J-A-Y, at mediationtools.com. Well, you're always wonderful, too. So thank you so much, and we'll have you back again. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's cry, be the lion's roar. Cause love is worth fighting for, I know, yeah. Love is worth fighting for. Love is worth fighting for.